Today, on the Italian radio show, special interview with Danny DeVito while we savor tuna and ricotta meatballs and listen to the voice of America's Got Talent finalist, Sal Valentinetti. All of this and more coming right up on West Coast Italian Radio. Hello, everybody, and welcome to West Coast Italian Radio, bringing you the Italian radio show. I salute everybody out there. We're so glad you could join us today. It's a beautiful, beautiful summer day, and uh, we are broadcasting live on 11.50 a.m. KKNW out of the greater Seattle Puget Sound, Bellevue area. Uh, make sure you catch us there if you can reach us live. But if you cannot get us live at that signal, you can reach us on the Internet. You can stream today's show at by going to our website at WCIR.biz. That's the acronym for West Coast Italian Radio, WCIR.biz. Click on the little link at the top of the page, and you can stream today's show live. Of course, you can listen to all of our shows there from the last five years uh, over our podcast. So you can hear this week's show, any other show, and, and after we're done with this, with this week's show, it goes into the podcast. It's available. So please do tell all your friends, all your relatives, all your family, everybody you know worldwide that they can get WCIR.biz, West Coast Italian Radio, 24-7, any of our shows by going there to our website. And now, Marzia, it's so good to see you. My co-host here is Marzia Caputo. Ciao, ciao a tutti, buon pomeriggio. I'm glad to be here. You never I'm glad stop. to see I you, Marzia. It. You're looking good. You're looking good, you know. Thank you. She, of course, gentlemen, she is, of course, still broadcasting out of her bedroom. You got to love this girl. What can I tell you, you know? She's the really? Italian girl you love the most. My name okay. is Tony Listella. I'm your other co-host here. And if you want to be a part of today's show, you can call us live on our KKNW studio line at 425-373-5527. That's 425-373-5527. And uh, Marcia, you know, how was your week this week? Oh, great. No complaining. I've been enjoying the summertime. And I did went uh, camping with my youngest one, so I really love that. I, I saw those camping. pictures. Those are very, very nice. Yeah. Really yeah. fun. I love it. With a little tent. And, of course, when I went out, it was beautiful. And the third day started raining. I said, really? She so meant to say, folks, fun. she meant to say, folks, of course. But she of said, course. a curse. Of course, and that's you. That's you. We had a whole show about the curse, the black eye, the white, the evil eye, whatever you call it. It's good that you say that because every time I decide to go camping, somehow it starts raining. So I am coarse. I see. Yeah, there you go. All right, folks, we're going to get right into today. We have with Pates of the Italian, the Northwest, Italian News, August 24, 2020. And yes, folks, when you're talking about news from Italy, or you're talking about Italian-American news quite frequently, the facts mm-hmm. are stranger than fiction. So here we go, Marcia, give us our first story. Okay, this one's about oldest Italian-American men become nation oldest COVID-19 survivor. Yeah. Okay, this guy is the oldest. He's the Old, oldest, the oldest. Let me Italian-American guy. Okay, how old is he? It's 108. 
108 years old. Uh-huh. And this guy old. got it. So you're telling me, apart from him being the oldest Italian-American, he yeah. got COVID and yes. he survived. All right. Oh, tell us about Let me this. tell you the story. His name is Phil Corio. He's the oldest living Italian-American man. But now the New Jersey native has a new claim to fame. The oldest person in the USA to survive COVID-19. So Phil... Filippo, who has lived in New Mexico since 1979, can you look at the yeah. numbers, has wow. <laughs> made a full recovery from the disease and is now reunited with his son at home. Uh, Phil's son is 58 years old, Ron right. Corio, and uh, say he and his dad both got sick with the virus in March. You know, we were talking about that. The, we yeah, March. Well, sick the time. It's like I said, you know, I think Michelle yeah. and I actually had it back then, but they didn't mm -hmm. know what it was yet. So we got sick. We got over it. Here we are, you know? Yes, exactly. So he started with a sore throat, the progress to a severe cough and difficulty breathing. All right. So he thought it was just a flu since the COVID-19, they were still not talking about it in March. Right, so, right. Um, so that's the thing in New Mexico. So about a week later, his father also got a bad sore throat, a cough, and started vomiting. Uh, March, March 13, Phil fainted in the bathroom of Ron's house, his son's house. Uh, he said, my dad went to the bathroom and then I heard the crash, Ron said. He had fainted and fell back on the floor. I find him with his eyes open, but he wasn't talking. So think about it. So when Andre, eight too. So he called the ambulance. Uh, the hospital meeting, uh, the meeting field diagnosed him with um, pneumonia and gave him antibiotics. So I um, asked them to test my dad for coronavirus, but he didn't have a fever. That's true. You see what I mean? Yeah, so that's true. Mean... Now, when I had mine, I didn't have a fever neither. Okay. Right. You All see? Right. So say they say he didn't, so he didn't meet the criteria. That's why they didn't do the test. Um, he was there for three days. It was next to a nearby um, hell that was under quarantine. So I want to get him out of there. So I took him home and he's got it better since then. He said, I'm okay. So that's, and that's really true. Okay. A lot mm. of times I know, I know this because my wife is a nurse. She says you could pick up so much stuff at the hospital that the sooner you get your butt out of the hospital, the better you're going to be. Right. True. So, and that's true. You know, a lot of these people, you get them out of the hospital, you get them back home, you get them treated. And the guy said 107 years old. He's so he said Come he on. didn't even know he had it. So he said, I guess if I knew I had it, I might have been scared. So people ask him the secret for his uh, long, uh, how I say, long life? Longevity. Longevity. Secret, so what is Phil's secret for his longevity? So, of course, he says eat pasta, enjoy wine, and sleep well. So now Ron says father need more care now, but he was self-sufficient until 107, which still bless his heart. Yeah. Uh, thank know. God everything was fine and ended with the coronavirus and he recovered. So Ron said he won't live forever. So every year it's a gift. So that's it's really, really wonderful. That's that's you know, that's 107 years old, survived coronas. But what he, what does he say? You eat pasta, pasta you drink, you drink, drink wine, wine, and you and get a good night's well. sleep. There you go. You know, That's uh, really... another thing on the side that I see here in the story is that oh. um, that Phil, who was born in uh, 1912, oh, wow, was very good friends. He was born in New York City. Mm -hmm. He knew and he grew up with Frank Sinatra. 
because Sinatra was born in 1913. So they were like a year apart. They came out of the same area. Um, and he, uh, he, 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 he talks about when he was a kid, he, he was that he and Frank Sinatra as teenagers, they used to shoot pool together at the local clubs. Okay. So uh -huh. came out of the same area, same age. Um, Phil says he used to beat Sinatra every day at pool. That Sinatra mm -hmm. was not a good pool player, so he, he would beat him easy. Um, he said that Frank took a regular job working for the the, um, the shoreman down there, the union shoreman, for 25 bucks a week. But he wasn't really good at it, so they all told him he should stick to singing. <laughs> and like they say, the rest is history. Right. But come back to Phil, he was six years old when he was in the 1918 Spanish flu pandemic broke out. So look at him. He survived so many pandemic. I was reading here what you sent me. Really interesting story. He could write a book, by the way. Um, really interesting. He has his younger sister, I think, or the other sister is 102. Really, I want to know. Don't just pass the word. Longevity in that family, baby. Let me tell you, longevity. So let's <laughs> talk about another story here. This comes to us mm. from U.S. World Herald. Mm -hmm. uh, this is uh, the 20th, the 20th of August, 2020. It mm -hmm. says, amid the pandemic, the Italian mafia is uh, cementing their power. Okay, so okay. soon after the coronavirus hit Italy, all the mafia guys got together and and and. Interestingly, they made a commercial about this, <clears throat> which was funny, but in the long run, it wanted to be true. The commercial, it shows these mafia guys from Napoli. They're standing around. One of the guys says, I got a new business in mind. And uh, the other guy says, uh, what is it? Is it like uh, cocaine? Is it drugs? Is it <laughs> prostitution? The guy says, nah, who gives a damn about that stuff? He says, my new business is hand sanitizer. It's like liquid gold, okay? <laughs> so, I mean, that was done in jest. It was funny and everything. But interestingly, uh, now the Italians are no longer laughing, okay? Mm -hmm. A report by Europol, which is the a European Union police agency, says the pandemic, has, the pandemic has opened up multiple business opportunities for the mafia, not only in Italy and other parts of uh, in Europe, where they make counterfeit masks, they make mm -hmm. counterfeit uh, pharmaceuticals. They make fake for, uh, coronavirus kits. And it says uh, in Italy, the mafia is using this pandemic to really get mm. to really cement their powers. Okay. Uh, the Italian Italian families. This is what happens, folks, when you only look at half the problem like they're doing here in America. They're only looking at the medical part of it, but no one's paying any attention to the economic part of it, okay? You talk to mm -hmm. Governor Ensley, he's a total moron when it comes to this, okay? He looks at the medical part, God bless him. What comes to economic, he doesn't know what to do, okay? Mm -hmm. So when you don't take care of the economical part, all these people coming out of the pandemic, they got no money. And it, just like it is in Italy, nobody has any money. They're banging on the banks of the doors, uh, the, the doors of the banks, okay? And they can't get any money. So organized crime, of course, looks this as a great opportunity. The mafia has always had money, and they try to improve their, their image in front of the ordinary citizens. What they start doing is the mafia bosses start delivering free food to all the families, you know, in their areas, okay? And then, you know, he would buy this guy $300 worth of groceries. Then he knows the next election, 
this guy's going to vote for whatever the mafia guy wants him to vote for, right? Right. Interesting how they get free stuff to people, and then they want them to vote the next election the way they want them to vote. Jeez, right. Marcia, does that sound like anything that might be happening here in America? Huh? You know? Yeah. All right. You know. And so, you know, the, the mafia has so much money that they the, the other thing they've been doing is they've been pumping all their money into businesses. Okay. They got all these small businesses in Italy that are on the brink of bankruptcy. And so it allows the mafia to swallow up all these small businesses that they can then use for, you know, for laundering, uh, for, for money laundering schemes, for drugs or for other things they do. Okay. And again, what do you got? You got the government promising they're going to help the small business promising, but just like in other places, no place in particular I'm mentioning now, um, you know, the political the politicians are arguing over how they're going to do the money and then money never comes or it comes too late. So the government delaying getting the money to these small businesses is the opportunity for the mafia to take all of them over. Okay. And it's not the only country in risk. This is spreading throughout Europe where all of these small businesses are now being taken over by the mafia because the governments are so delayed. They're arguing. The politicians are arguing. Then look at this country. Look at America. Look at America. Okay. You got these Republicans, Democrats back in Congress. What do they do? They can't get money to the small businesses. So they decide they're going to take their two-week vacation, whatever it is, where they come back. But they're still getting money. They're still getting their salaries. It's shameful. It's shameful, okay? And it's the same thing going to happen, okay? When the governments fail to properly respond to a crisis, it allows organized crime. They're, they have all these white-collar guys who come in, and they find ways to take over the legitimate business, and eventually they find ways to take over the economy, all right? Last thing I'm going to say, a recent mafia wiretap, white, white wiretap, a recent mafia wiretap revealed a statement made by one mob boss to another mob boss. He says, in our business, we no longer need to know how to shoot a gun. All you got to know how to use is your index finger on a computer keyboard. Think about that, folks. Think about what's going on around here. We'll be right back after this short break from our sponsors. Don't go away. Hi, I'm Tito Beveridge, founder and master distiller at Tito's Handmade Vodka. In the mid-90s, I bought a piece of land with a credit card check and built the very first micro distillery in the history of the state of Texas. Cheers. 80 proof Tito's Handmade Vodka, distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. Tito'sVodka.com. Hey, Dad, thanks for helping me cook this Italian meal. we got to pass down our family recipes. Your food is always so good. What's the secret? Having the best authentic ingredients, like the Cicernio sausage, for instance. Fresh cuts of meat with no preservatives. I remember what my my friend Frank Isernio said, All natural Italian sausages to make the perfect Italian meal. No wonder it tastes so good. Available in major supermarkets up and down the West Coast. Isernio Sausage. Visit Isernio.com for recipes or to find a store near you. Yo, David, you look 10 years younger. What happened? Yeah, I just came from Mickey's Hair Salon down on the Tacoma waterfront. She specializes in hair growth. Wow. Yeah, she does this laser treatment stuff that makes your hair grow like crazy. Based on the same stuff the astronauts use to grow plants in the space station. Mickey's Hair Salon. Yes, on Rustin Way in Tacoma. Call 
Mickey at 253-752-5299 for more information. That's MickeySpotAndSalon.com for amazing hair growth. Hi, I'm Tito Beveridge, founder and master distiller at Tito's Handmade Vodka. In 1997, we became the first micro distillery in the state of Texas, and we're still making the same smooth stuff after all these years. We're still cooking in a pot still, working with our dogs by our sides, having fun and tasting batches, and I'm still wearing the same hat even after all these years. Head over to titosvodka.com to learn more about what else we're doing the same. Cheers. 80 proof Tito's handmade vodka distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. Titosvodka.com. Get your daily dose of variety. Alternative Talk 1150. And you are listening to the music during our breaks of Tony Lestal and the Goombas, uh, the West Coast Italian Radio House Band. Uh, and you can normally catch us playing, folks. I got to tell you, during the summer months, we play many music festivals, many Italian festivals up and down the West Coast throughout the United States. But of course, this year, uh, unfortunately, due to the coronavirus, we're not playing anywhere. Um, so it's kind of sad. But you can hear us here every week. They play. We play our music in between the uh, uh, the, the segments for the commercial breaks, and uh, we will be featured in a couple of big uh, virtual events coming up this summer. Festa Italiana Seattle, which is coming up in uh, the month of uh, September. We'll be featuring our music and uh, some videos of us playing, as well as the Tacoma Freedom Fair and Air Show, which will also be doing a large virtual event and featuring um, our music and the, mu- and the music of several other uh, wonderful, wonderful artists. And now, you know, I got to tell you, Marcy, this is my favorite time. We've been talking politics and all this BS too much. Now let's get to some good stuff, okay? Let's talk about what I like to talk about, which is Italian food, Italian wine, Italian liquor. You got some special stuff for us today. Right. It's called polpettine di tonno e ricotta. Polpettine da meatballs. Okay. So this, by the way, folks, the translation is tuna, tuna and ricotta meatballs. And by the way, this segment is brought to us by our dear sponsor, Tito's Vodka, and Tito's Vodka does so much to support this show, to support the Italian community, and just to support good causes for our communities and our veterans across the country. For your next event, make sure you get yourself some Tito's. So tell us about tuna and ricotta meatballs, Marzia. So it's really simple. It's like you can use like an appetizer for people. You can make it a little smaller if you want, or you can cook it for second plate, second dish. So what you need, you need a tuna. Uh, you can buy the one in the can. Make sure you drain the olive oil. Okay, yeah. drain that. Uh, you need some anchovy, breadcrumbs, eggs, salt and pepper, of course, ricotta, capers. They make sure capers to rinse it up because they come in a jar with a vinegar, a strong flavor. So yeah. rinse it up truly with the water. Um, parsley chop and parmigiano reggiano. So it's really simple. You just need a bowl to put it in that um, inside the ricotta, the yeah. parmigiano, the tuna that you crumble all around, and then chovy that you drain, add the capers that you already rinse, right? Parsley, breadcrumbs, and uh, the last one is the eggs. And uh, you already beat in a little bit, and then you put in this mix, and you mix a little more. Make the, the um, how do you say, like a dog kind of side. You're going to look like that. You can add salt and pepper, of course. 
um, use your hand much better, like in ground beef. You know, when you do the meatballs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like mix it up with your hands, right? Right. So go in there, do that. Now, if you count too soft, um, you can add uh, some um, parmigiano. Yeah. If you get too dry, because sometimes it depends how the bread comes, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You can drop a lot of salt. If it's too soft, you add the milk, a little drop, really little drop. If you, if I got mixed up that, if it's too dry, if it's too soft, you just have the parmigiano. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. So make sure you damp your hands to start to grab them, to make the form of the meatballs, right? Yeah, yeah. Petina, I want to keep saying <laughs> Italian. So you make it really round. You know how it is the meatballs. You can make it like a, your hands, the palm of your hands, the sides. But then with this one, you have to flat them. Okay, so that much easier. So you, to, you flatten them. Gotcha. Yes. So you they're easier them, to cook. And then you flat them. Yeah. Now, make sure when you start to do that, that you're already having a pan to fry the peanut oil. Okay, so it's really nice and warm. You have to be super the, the, pe- the peanut oil you use because it gives it a certain special right. taste, right? That's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. So make sure it's really hot. So when you start to make the balls of those, the round, and then you flat them, what you do? You pass them with a crumb, crumb bread. You pass yeah, crumb yeah. bread, and you just put in the oil. That's it. It's ready. Take two. So really you know, fast. this re- reminds me a little bit when I was looking at the pictures oh. of this too. Remember, um, um, our, our friend down there at Dolce C, Eliz- Elisabetta, she used right. to make the uh, the arancini, which was just fantastic. Yeah. So it's a little bit like that uh, in in a way. So arancini, they use the rice. Yeah, yeah. You make it with the rice, and you put it in the tomato, it, it, the mozzarella. The instead, instead of the breadcrumbs. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, the breadcrumbs. Outside, you have the breadcrumbs. What do you do with the arancini? You pass it with the, uh, the eggs, to the eggs, and then you need the breadcrumbs, and then you fry. With this one, you need to pass to the eggs because you already put the eggs inside. Make sense? Yes, absolutely. And I got to tell you, now we've Mm. been doing this virtually for the last couple of months because, you know, we can't obviously get together and uh, eat or taste any of this stuff. But I got to tell you, we got to get together and we got to get our families together and we got to like, you know, cook all this Italian food we've been (laughs) talking about. I have some, you got some, we got to have a big feast, you know, and uh, that would be a lot of fun. We got to do that, you know? We will. We have to make all the menu, the list of food that we talk about. One more advice I will give you guys. If you want to make the dough, the raw of this, you can freeze it and you can fry after. You can do that. You can get the raw, put it in the freezer, and then you can fry after. You know what I mean? That's what you can do too. Or if you fry them, they're good for one or two days. Don't keep it too long because it's a ricotta inside. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Do that too. So it well, really, sounds fantastic. Man. Like I, I said, pulpette in Italy, we use a different things. This is right. tuna, other things you can do with a potato. There's so many recipes. And that's the amazing thing, because you don't waste any food in Italy. You don't no. waste any food. You, you you make everything. And not only do you not waste it, but when you cook it, it's really, really good. I got to tell you, right. you know? So, right. Well, speaking of really good stuff, uh, not necessarily out of Italy, but certainly Italian-American uh, from the East Coast is our artist of the week today is mm. none other than Sal, the voice, Valentinetti, who uh, he this guy racked up 
over 450 million views worldwide with his appearance on America Got Talent, uh, singing the music of Frank Sinatra, the rap back. The, uh, the guy was just amazing. And, you know, he's a 20-year-old kid, a 20-year-old kid, yeah. okay? Just a few years older than my grandson, okay? 20-year-old kid. Um, he has a heart of gold. What a kid did is he, you know, he delivered pizza for his cousin's restaurant out of New York City, right? And right. uh, But he would grew up, you know, his grandmother, when he was a little boy, you know, like my grandmother did, played all the music of Frank Sinatra, Tony Bennett, Dean Martin, all the guys from the rap back in that whole era. And at the age of 15, Sal realized he had this hidden talent. He loved to sing. Uh, and he began doing all around New York City this flawless, flawless tribute to Frank Sinatra. Now, folks, we're going to play you some of his music in a minute. And I got to tell you, this kid does not try to imitate Frank Sinatra at all. The kid's just singing like he sings. But when you hear his voice, you're going to think you're listening to a young Frank Sinatra. I mean, I was blown away by the similarities in the sound. He has his own style. He does that whole thing. He just considered fantastic. I want to hear it. This I'm kid, curious. This kid was considered. Now, this is the NBC show, you know, that goes mm -hmm. out every week to millions and millions of people. 20-year-old kid. Considering his his performance was one of the best performances in the history of that show um, in all the years that's going on. Okay, now of course uh, up to the point of the coronavirus kicking in and everything getting canceled, he was selling. He was opening for Jay Leno in Las Vegas, selling shows out all over the world. Here is a mix I put together of a couple songs from Sal the Voice. Valentinetti from America Got Talent, Italian American boy carrying on the tradition. Let's hear it, Eric. Hi, I'm Tito Beverage, founder and master distiller at Tito's Handmade Vodka. When I got into this business, I used to make flavored vodka infusions for my friends as gifts. When I started to make a go of it, the owner of a local liquor store showed me the dust on some flavored vodka bottles that sat on the shelves. He said, if you can make a straight vodka so smooth that you could drink it just by itself, then you'd really have something. So I did. And now all these years later, we still only make one flavor, vodka flavored vodka. 80 proof Tito's Handmade Vodka, distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. Tito's Vodka. Hey, Dad, thanks for helping me cook this Italian meal. we got to pass down our family recipes. Your food is always so good. What's the secret? Having the best authentic ingredients, like the Cicernio sausage, for instance. Fresh cuts of meat with no preservatives. I remember what my friend Frank Cicernio said. All natural Italian sausages to make the perfect Italian meal. No wonder it tastes so good. Available in major supermarkets up and down the West Coast. Cicernio sausage. Visit Cicernio.com for recipes or to find a store near you. Pacific Food Importers has been distributing Mediterranean food products in the greater Seattle area since 1971. Beginning as an olive import company, PFI has evolved into a well-known wholesale food distributor in the Pacific Northwest, servicing restaurants, grocers, manufacturers, and caterers. Family-owned and operated, PFI stocks a wide variety of cured meats, specialty cheeses from around the world, and a vast range of Mediterranean products. 
PFI's service area includes the greater Puget Sound region and Portland, Oregon. Situated in North Kent, PFI has a central location allowing for efficient service and delivery, as well as convenient will-call pickups for established customers in Seattle. Pacific Food Importers Incorporated is committed to providing quality products at competitive prices to the food service industry of the Pacific Northwest. Visit PacificFoodImporters.com for more information or to contact us. Hey, David, where are you off to? I'm on my way to Mickey's Hair Salon down on the Tacoma waterfront. Wow. She's the hairdresser of the stars. They all love her. Really? She's fantastic. A full-service spa and salon with all the amenities from cuts and award-winning color to nails, lashes, Botox, even Reiki. So why do you go there? Uh, she's going to make me look like Elvis. Mickey's Hair Salon on Rustin Way in Tacoma. Call Mickey at 253-752-5299 for more information. Be sure to support the sponsors of your favorite shows on Alternative Talk 1150. All right. So uh, what do you think about that kid? You know, Sal Valentinetti. I mean, you're pretty darn good, huh? I can't believe he's 20 years old. I was thinking he was 20 speaking. years old. Sounds like a- I know, I know. And he's a heck of a showman. He's a nice guy, very, very, very humble. Um, you know, I sent him an invitation. Hope we're going to get him on the show. And Thank now, you. you know, this is uh, one of my favorite, favorite Italian-American actors coming up here. Um, somebody that I've been following, geez, for probably the better part of 50 years almost. Um, you know, we all remember Danny DeVito. Right. And Danny DeVito... Daniel Michael DeVito Jr. is actually his name. Okay, he was born in uh, in New Jersey. Of course, the, uh, the he is of Italian American descent. His family is from originally San Fele Basilicata, as well as Calabria. Okay, mm-hmm. and but he you know he was born in New Jersey, grew up in New Jersey. Uh, I remember Danny DeVito initially from the from the uh, his role in the TV show Taxi. You know, he was this little obnoxious guy who ran the taxi thing there, uh, the dispatcher. Uh, he won he won a Golden Globe Award, Emmy Award, and he's still doing it after you know fifty years. He's still out there. That was like nineteen seventy eight. Here it is, you know, two thousand twenty, and he still has a sitcom. Uh, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. The numerous movies, numerous movies from uh, his stuff with Jack Nicholson back in the early days, One Floor of the Cuckoo's Nest, to his latest movie, Jumanji, The Next Level, lots of stuff in between. Interestingly, he's a very short guy, and that's a result. He has a rare generic disorder that affects his bone growth. So, you know, um, he is very short because of that. But he, uh, he, he, got, he got lucky in 1971. Danny DeVito met Rhea Perlman. Remember Rhea Perlman? She was on that other show uh, uh, about the Cheers, about the bar, remember? And uh, they got married. They have three children. They've been married forever. And, you know, he's just a great, great Italian-American. We'd like to share an interview with you that was provided to us by EQ Magazine. They did a YouTube interview on December 12, 2019 with Danny DeVito. And here's a clip from that interview. We all have masks. We all try to find the special things inside of us. But when you get to sit in a chair, like in, like in Batman Returns, and have some artist like mess you up, 
it's like really cool. It's like when, you know, when you put on a costume where you go on Halloween or anything like that. It's kind of, you have this freedom. One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Ken Kesey's book, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. And uh, I was fortunate enough to do the play off-Broadway. Like, they did the play on Broadway years ago, and then in 1970, I think, they uh, did it in San Francisco, re revived it. And by that time, all the everybody was hip to Kesey's work, and they really appreciated the fact that what was going on in the country. They weren't staying in hospitals. People were giving them drugs, you know, outpatient kind of stuff. Anyway, I did the play off-Broadway, and then in 1974, I did the movie, and that was... Uh, with Milos Forman directing it, even though Nicholson and I uh, were born in the same hospital in, As in New Jersey, in Neptune, New Jersey. I, was, I lived in Asbury. We'd never met, but I used to hear about him all the time when I was a kid. His sister and my sister were both in the beauty, but they were in the hair hairdressers. And then one day, you know, I, I, I saw one of his movies, right, in, the, in a drive-in movie theater. And I said, this guy ain't so good, you know. <laughs> no, but he was... Anyway, during Cuckoo's Nest in '74 is when we first met, and uh, that was it was a, it was a fun trip. I had a great time doing Martini. Martini's whole thing was that he was a pilot in the in the war, and he was shot down, and and he was in water, and everything was sinking. So, if you notice in the movie, besides being like really very uh, agreeable, really good guy, and enjoying the company of everybody, like always want to be positive. That was part of the smile that was going on. I also sat on my feet. I was on a piece of furniture, sitting on a chair, on the arm when we were playing cards, or if I was in the group therapy, I always wrapped myself up in my feet because as the tension built, that was like part of the idea of the water rising when I, that kept coming back. Hit me, hit me, hit me. I can't hit you because it ain't your turn yet. You understand? You see these other people? These are the real ones. These are real people here. So that was Martini. Taxi. Taxi was like a, a, kind of a gift in a way. It was 1978. I'd done Cuckoo's Nest, was in the movie theaters already. It was in 75, I think, and was really a big hit. And, you know, I was in the this kind of like juncture of like wanting to direct, wanting to act i couldn't you know actors you can't find it. it's really difficult to find a job basically we're all looking for work you know that was you know, she did everything i did policewoman and i did starsky and hutch i think i did gone south which was a movie that jack directed casting director said there's this bunch of guys doing this thing that were from the mary tyler moore show now i not being a television freak especially in that era because it was, you know, out looking for work all the time and acting. I didn't watch all these, the Mary Tyler Moore show and Room 222 and whatever they, you know, Brooks, Jim Brooks and Ed Weinberger, Stan Daniels. But it didn't really resonate with me because I had never watched it. So casting director says, you got to, this part is like amazing, you should go. And I, I, uh, I said, okay, and I went in and I, I read the script. It was like a great part, really cantankerous, telling people what to do. Don't put your hands like that. Put your hands down, okay? Telling people what to do. You know, always like in that spot. We turn, take the hat off, this kind of stuff, you know, all that. So I figured to get this part, I wanted to do something really 
you know, someday would remember me. So I walked in with the script, and they were all sitting around. And I said, one thing I want to know before we start, who wrote this shit? And I threw it on a coffee table. And there was this moment of terror where I just walked. And then all of a sudden, like, everybody just laughed their asses off. And from that moment on, like, when I, when I was in the audience, I mean, anything I said was, they found funny. You know, like I said, and. So it was, like, really a cool way to get a part. One time that backfired on me, but that's a whole other story. There was a, a guy doing a movie, uh, no, no, a play, and I, I'd seen a play that he directed, and uh, I thought the best thing to do would be to do something crazy, to go in. I did something really wacky, and I didn't get the part. So it doesn't always work. You won an Emmy and a Golden Globe for, yes. for that role. How did that feel? Oh, it was great. That early in your career? Well, you know, the whole thing about that, being a gift, I said it before. But the idea is that, you know, we were all out there looking for the thing. You know, and you can do tons and tons of parts and you can be good, but you got to be prepared. So you go, you that's what you do, classes, you do everything, acting studies, all the things that you do, and all the little parts. Then once in a while, you get lucky. I got really fortunate because at that moment, that character came along, Louis De Palma, and it was like a definite fit. You found 2,000 bucks I've been looking for. Hey, you never lost 2,000 bucks. I didn't say I lost it. I just said I was looking for it. I've been looking for 2,000 bucks all my life. Hands off, Louie. Hey, Louie. Oh, my God. It's your mother calling. She says somebody's trying to break into her apartment. Now I get back to it. At that time, there were three networks, ABC, CBS, NBC, and everybody watched television at that time, and I don't know if this matters, you understand this, but there's a share of the audience. And the share of the audience was based with the Nielsen, they used to have the little boxes on a, a percentage of televisions. That share was based on how many TVs were sold. And we had a lead-in, well, a show that came before us called Three's Company, which was very popular was really popular. So we were also very lucky to have that lead-in for our, for our show, our first show. And if you can imagine that on a Monday, I walk around and everything was like, you know, normal. Tuesday night, the 60% of the people that had televisions were watching the show. I mean, that's mind-blowing. Now, if you're like, you know, why do Sonny, you know, if you get a, you, a share that's like, it's like nothing compared to that. Or any, any show, they're so homogenized now. There's so many different places for you to get entertainment that the share was like, because there, it was only, there were only three. Walking down the street, supermarkets, Louis, Louis, Louis. It was great, you know, so it was uh, just the power of this. It's always sunny in Philadelphia. From the very beginning with those guys and Caitlin, with Charlie and Glenn and Rob, we hit it off right away. They had done eight shows, and I watched the shows. I'm friends with John Landgraf, who runs FX, who used to be my partner at Jersey Television. And I saw the show, and I thought it was really, really terrific. And I loved the whole style of it. They write all the scripts, but we get to screw around, you know, in between. And right from the very beginning, and I'm a little older than they are, 
I was the, the, you know, the dad of Sweet Dan, you know, Dennis. Of course, my wife was a whore. That, that fit in later on. But I raised them anyway, never, never. And look at how, how what upright standing citizens they are right now because they've been, you know, mentored by Frank. Anyway, from the very beginning with uh, all of them, we became like really close. And I feel like they're my family. You can't beat that because when you go to work every day and you have people who you love and you care about, it's like being on a set with uh, your buddies. Do you have a specific scene or a specific episode that was your favorite to shoot? You know, the kind of radical, crazy stuff, you know, where they slime me or they throw me out of window. I'm paint me black. I was a shadow, like hiding in a corner. You know, it was really cool. The idea is that, you know, going into the makeup trailer and getting puffed up for like the, for Mac's show when he came out. You know, all that stuff is like, I dig that stuff, obviously. Like all the parts that I like to play. We all have masks, you know, and I figure that, you know, with Frank, that's a certain mask. Like in the movie I'm doing now with the, you know, in Jumanji, it's a, it's, it's a certain thing. All the movies you do, but when you get to sit in a chair, like in Batman Returns, you get to sit in a chair for three hours and have some artist like mess you up it's like really cool it's like when you know when you put on a costume where you go you know, halloween or anything like that it's kind of you have this freedom you know that's really uh really cool so all the shows that we have uh, done that were a little bit out in the stratosphere those are my favorites Hi, I'm Tito Beveridge, founder and master distiller at Tito's Handmade Vodka. In the mid-90s, I bought a piece of land in Austin with a credit card check and built the very first micro distillery in the history of the state of Texas. I'd never built a still before, so I did some research and designed and built my own pot stills based on Prohibition-era bust photos I found in the library. I didn't know then that this was kind of the start of the American craft distilling movement right here in Austin, Texas. Cheers. 80 proof Tito's Handmade Vodka, distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. Tito'sVodka.com. Hey, Dad, thanks for helping me cook this Italian meal. we got to pass down our family recipes. Your food is always so good. What's the secret? Having the best authentic ingredients, like the Cicernio sausage, for instance. Fresh cuts of meat with no preservatives. I remember what my friend Frank Cicernio said. All natural Italian sausages to make the perfect Italian meal. No wonder it tastes so good. Available in major supermarkets up and down the West Coast. Cicernio sausage. Visit Cicernio.com for recipes or to find a store near you. Yo, David, you look 10 years younger. What happened? Yeah, I just came from Mickey's Hair Salon down on the Tacoma waterfront. She specializes in hair growth. Wow. Yeah, she does this laser treatment stuff that makes your hair grow like crazy, based on the same stuff the astronauts use to grow plants in the space station. Mickey's Hair Salon. Yes, on Ruston Way in Tacoma. Call Mickey at 253-752-5299 for more information. That's MickeySpotAndSalon.com for amazing hair growth. No other station delivers this much variety. Alternative Talk 1150. And we are back with West Coast Italian Radio Network, bringing you the Italian Radio Show. I got to tell you, uh, Marcia, you know, I, Danny DeVito is just one of my favorite Italian-American actors of all time. I mean, I, there's many great Italian-American actors that we have uh, had on the show, uh, from Joe Pesci to De Niro to mm-hmm. Al Pacino uh, to, um, you know, to others. And But 
there's just something special about Danny DeVito. He just is such a great guy. Uh, he's just done so much for, um, you know, to, to put a positive, um, uh, just a positive image of Italian Americans out there. Been married to the same woman for years and years. Just a real great guy. And, uh, you know, um, I know we've been playing these uh, pre-recorded interviews from others, but I'm really hoping at some point we can get Danny on the show. That would be one of my thrills to have Danny DeVito on this show. Um, yeah, I like him too. It's a really yeah. humble guy. He looks like yeah, again, not just, a good movie. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. Oh, why not? So now we're going to get into Italian American phrases, our Italian phrases of the day of the week. Uh, we picked out a special word for all of you today. The <laughs> word is cazzo. Cazzo. So now we're, we're not going to, we, we, because we're speaking with an American radio audience, we can't. they're not going to define that word. But let's just say that it, it's a catch-all word that if you think of probably two or three of the most vulgar um, slang words you can come up with in the English language, it kind of encompasses all that. God bless the Italians for making the shortcut to the world <laughs> one. There you go. But we're going to talk about some useful ways to use the word cazzo when you're speaking Italian. Go ahead. So let's make sure these are some of them. If you hear, want to hear all story about that, I will recommend to Google it Marco the Box because he's hilarious. I love this guy. And that's to say, wow, that is so true. We use these words all the time only when you say it you're not thinking about it now they're reading it i hear somebody else we're like oh we do we do that exactly exactly so, let's start one that you have to say with expression too uh, use your hands make sure on that use your hands okay here are the phrases of the week for the word that you need to know keep going so, the hands close like this and that's make sign to you and say ma che cazzo dici ma che cazzo dici what mm -hmm. the heck are you saying? Yeah, now the word, she cleaned this up on the words. It's not the word heck here yeah. is the word in question that would not necessarily be that word if we were on a stage. We have to, the FCC, breathe, they're breathing down our necks like you don't believe. So we got to clean this stuff right. up, all right? All right, let's keep going. Next one, my hands go right on the mouth. I'm going to tell you, chiudi quella cazzo di bocca. Chiudi quella cazzo di bocca. So something, what's, basically they're saying, in a way, what's coming yeah. out of your lips? What's coming out of your <laughs> lips? It's kind of the same thing. Or they're basically telling you to stop talking, okay? Thank stop you. talking. Yeah. Quit while you're ahead, okay? Look at the All sentence right. in Italian, how long it is, and look at the American, stop talking. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, we again, we're cleaning all this stuff up, folks. We right, couldn't say right. these words on, on the air. No. The next one is this. Ma che cazzo vuoi? Basically, what the <clears throat> are you doing? Well, again, <laughs> you what want? the heck are you doing? What the <clears throat> cazzo are you doing? Okay, there you are. All right. Do you want? Do you want? More of right. like that. All right. Okay? The next one is alla cazzo di cane. Alla cazzo di cane. Now, which I don't understand because cane would be dog. Right, the dog, right? right? So you're saying what the what the heck the dog? I, it's it it's it's as we use this sentence is when uh, um, I make an example. I clean. Uh, I'm making a cake. It come out really bad. I said, "Wow, 
l'ho fatta proprio alla cazzo di cane. I made it really So it really sucks, it's bad. So if you do a bad job with something, that's what you're going to get. All right, let's yes. move on. I guess because Kane is a mess anymore. I don't know. That's what I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> But we do. Um, this one you, you can hear a lot. My brothers used to use all the time. Stare sul cazzo. Stare sul cazzo, which is you can't stand somebody. Again, mm -hmm. it's an interesting thing. A stare would be like to... Uh, I'll make an example. Stay. Tony. Mi stai sul cazzo. I can't stand you, Tony. I got it. I got Mi stai it. It's kind of one of those one of those slang things is lost in the translation. All right. Yes, And exactly. the last the last one is now they want to say all the time. Non rompere il cazzo. So you're getting on someone's nerves or rompere, which is like to romp on, to right. jump on, to bother them. You know, getting on someone's nerves, but you're getting right. on more than their nerves. You're getting on their cazzo. <laughs> oh, yeah. It. And we trust me, we would be changing the word to an American word where we being broadcast in Italian, <laughs> in Italy, on an Italian station. So If there you go. If you want a real fight, wait for that. We'll come out with it, too. <laughs> Well, I got to tell you, folks, we're very, very thankful for all of our listeners. We're very, very thankful for all of our sponsors, especially through this this tough time uh, that we're going through here with COVID-19. If you would um, like to be involved with the West Coast Italian Radio as a sponsor, as a donor, keep the show on the air, we invite you to contact us by going to our website, wcir.biz, sending us a message there, wcir.biz, and uh Of course, you can hear any of our shows. You can hear this, this week's show, any of our past shows. Please tell all your friends, all your relatives, everybody you know. Let's get as many people as we can listening to the shows. Do great for us and for our sponsors. We appreciate it very much. We have a brand new show coming out soon. Going to be a brand new televised pod, podcast. You get to actually see me. I'm just an old guy. But you get to see the beautiful Marcia Caputo. Hopefully she's broadcasting from her bedroom before it's still bad. That's something to look forward to there, you know? Anyway, oh, this boy. show is called Italian Radio After Hours, or in Italian we call it Radio Italiano Luce Rossa. Going to be coming out this fall uh, for 18 years or older by subscription only. And, you know, we kind of touch on things like the subject of Cazzo, which we got to clean up because we got the FCC. But when we get on to our podcast show since it's all internet it's all for 18 or over we really get into talking about calling a spade a spade and we talk about any number of topics under the sun but most of all we have fun we have a good time and then we we hope you join us there go to our website soon and you'll, you'll learn how to sign up so marcia i hope you have a great week and uh, god bless all of our listeners well, all of our sponsors you know i'm not gonna be a monday but i'm sure you're gonna have a great show And uh, see you when I come back from my vacation. All right, folks. We'll see you next week right here, West Coast Italian Radio. God bless you all, and we'll talk with you soon. Ciao. Ciao.